0: All things sports and debate. I'm Ace
1: and I'm Sports. And
0: today we have a pet episode for you. We'll start this episode by discussing MOB's free agency as the league's winter meeting between December 4th and December 6th are rapidly approaching. The first thing you have to address, obviously, Yo Hey, Otani's penny free agency. Otani is a two-way star and probably the most coveted free agent in MLB history, even despite an elbow injury that will restrict his pitching in the 2024 season and restrict him to only hitting still. Many suitors have been rumored as potential landing spots for him. One interesting report, though, that has emerged in recent days is the Cubs' potential pursuit. They barely missed the playoffs last season, Swish.
1: What do you think about this? As a Cubs fan, this is very interesting, Ace. Any team that signs Shohei Ohtani is undoubtedly going to win the all-season and would have to be excited about the future. Now, Chicago has missed playoffs three straight times, and we already whiffed one time in trying to sign Ohtani, but this year could be different. We can make a good pitch to Shohei that we have youth, we have an experienced veteran manager who we paid record money for in create counsel, and we're in a big market as well. I'm not sure if we're the favorite, but we're definitely a team to watch.
0: Shohei to the Cubs is a pipe dream, in my opinion, fabricated just to add more intrigue around this whole saga. I don't really envision Shohei going to a cold place like Chicago that hasn't been very good over the past few seasons, post the World Series team. He's going to the Rangers, the Dodgers, some contending team that has a
1: shot. I consider the appeal for both the Dodgers and the Rangers, and we're far from the favorite at this point in free agency. However, I still think that there is a chance that we can get Shohei, and if not, then we can just re-sign Cody Bellinger and move on with next season. The Rangers and Dodgers would both likely be the unquestioned favorites to win the World Series with Otani, and they'd be super scary to go up against.
0: Is there any chance of him re-signing with the Angels? It seems we've retired that possibility and assume he's going to change teams.
1: The Angels have the money to sign him and would certainly love to have him, but they haven't gone anywhere deep in the playoffs with both Mike Trout and Shohei, generational talents in baseball. So it's a long shot unless he truly values the organization itself.
0: That's fair. Outside of Otani, notable free agents include Bellinger, strong third baseman Matt Chapman, a World Series winning pitcher and Jordan Montgomery, Cy Young, Blake Snell, and designated hitter JD Martinez, who the Dodgers are letting go with hopes to land Otani. All right, let's move on from baseball and discuss some NFL. First, let's converse about this week's Thursday night football game pitting the Ravens and the Bengals
1: against each other. Yep, and the Ravens won despite Mark Andrews unfortunately sustaining a crossing season ending left angle injury. And the Bengals lost with their franchise guy, Joe Burrow, suffering a season-ending wrist injury.
0: The win is very beneficial for the Ravens for control of the AFC North, although tainted by Andrew's injury and the loss is catastrophic for the Bengals with Burrow out for the season and no control of the AFC
1: North. Well, this is incredibly tough for the Bengals. Burrow has another season-ending injury, and now they have returned to Jake Browning to lead the team to the playoffs In a tough division. For the Ravens, they have to rely on their receiving more than ever with Andrews out. Since Mark has been the most consistent and reliable target Lamar Jackson has had in his tenure with the Ravens. The good news is that Nelson Aguilar and Rashad Bateman both had receiving touchdowns on Thursday night. And Odell Beckham Jr. had his best game in terms of yards this year. Lamar is also going to need to play his best football against a tough schedule to finish out the season. Still, the win is highly beneficial, and I think the Ravens finish atop the AFC North with Deshaun Watson out for the Browns for the rest of the season, Burrow being out for the Bengals, and Steelers lacking so much talent-wise that I don't believe they can maintain such a good start to the season. Man, enough
0: of the AFC North talk. We have to talk about the Bills and their unacceptable struggles. We're 5-5's five wish. 5-5. Five and five. It's appalling. Josh Allen has turned the ball over so many times. Stephon Diggs is getting shut down. And now we have to go against a Jets team that had our number in the first game of the season. Not to mention, Ken Dorsey was fired as offensive coordinator. And now, we have to adjust to a different scheme Joe Brady will have to introduce.
1: Well, this game is obviously a must-win for the Bills because they are in desperate need of getting back on track. Plus, if the Jets win, you have a better record and sweep the regular season series. Miami can race ahead in the division standings, and the Bills do not look so good. It starts with the offense and Josh Allen limiting his turnovers because they can be killers. If the Jets want to employ Sauce Gardner and D-Day Reed to stop Diggs, then someone in the receiving corps has to step up as well. But... I do expect Buffalo to win this game because the Jets won't be able to score enough. Zach Wilson has been up and down all season long. And at the end of the day, in a desperation game like this, I don't trust him to play Josh Allen.
0: Thank you, Swish. You picked the Bills all year, and I appreciate the fact you're still sticking with them. Anyway, what is your pick for this week's huge Monday night football matchup? The Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and Chiefs. I have the Eagles... And forecast them getting revenge over those rotten Chiefs.
1: I got the Chiefs say Both teams are coming out of the bye. But based on Andy Reid's history, I trust this team to win coming off rest more than Nick Sirianni. The Chiefs defense is going to be critical in stopping Jalen Hurts. And Hurts might not be 100% in terms of his need to face such a good defensive unit. Coming out of the bye, I think this is the perfect week for the Chiefs' offense to flourish with Travis Kelsey, especially against a team that has been weak against tight ends in the middle of the field. Give me the Chiefs.
0: I disagree. Let's move on to some NBA. First, the James Harden Clippers experiment. Similar to when the Clippers acquired Russell Westbrook, LA lost their first five games with Harden. But there is some hope alive after Westbrook volunteered to come off the bench and the Clippers subsequently won their first game on clutch. Harden jumper. Swish, do you still see this experiment working?
1: There's still a room possibility where it does a Russ sacrifice for the good of the team going to the bench, and I think would do well in that role because his energy is infectious. In addition to that, there are a few positive indicators that point to it eventually working. Harden was out of shape with the first few games, but really looks to be coming alive in these past two, adjusting to a different role. Kawhi snapping out of his slump, and Paul George, I think, is gonna find a way to be a positive one way or another. Combine it with the Clippers' death. And despite the slow start, I still believe in this working.
0: Well, see Swish, I still doubt them being able to advance to the finals in a treacherous Western conference. What about two other surprise teams in the Western Conference in the Timberwolves? And Mavericks, what's been fueling their success, and do you think this start is sustainable and that they can advance into the playoffs?
1: Well, the Timberwolves have been the best defensive team in the league this season, and it hasn't even been close. This has been due to Rudy Gobert's elite rim protection and under perimeter defense, Danny McDaniels' masterful wing defense, Anthony Edwards' feistiness as a perimeter defender, Mike Conley's pesky point of attack, defense, and good depth and defenders from top to bottom in the entire roster. When you throw in Anthony Edwards' complete starting on the offensive end and some good ancillary role players, Timberwolves have been the surprise team of the Western Conference. problem with them is that I don't believe they can contend with Garntine's Towns and Edwards because they aren't the most seems fit. And I don't trust neither's playmaking skills to beat really good defenses. Neither are they passers and can break down complex defensive coverages.
0: That's fair. However, the Timberwolves have been extremely fun to watch this season. And I'd love to see them knock off a heralded contender like the Lakers, Suns, or Clippers. Okay, what about the Mavericks?
1: The Mavericks have had a great offensive this season, carried by Luka Doncic's amazing production. He shot the best from three he has in his entire career, and he's been trying defensively more than ever. When you combine the emergence of Derek Lively, a great room protector who gets the Maverick size in the paint, the on-off-ball scoring of Kyrie Irving, and pretty good supporting cast, the Mavs are a very interesting team. The only question is that, in terms of championship aspirations, a ball-dominant James Harden-kind-of-player like Luka Doncic can eventually lead a team to a championship. However, the Mavericks are a good regular season team and a force to be reckoned.
0: with. Are you concerned with the Warriors? Steph is out with knee soreness. Clay and Andrew Wiggins are struggling. And Draymond, he got suspended. It's not a super auspicious start for the Warriors, even though Chris Paul has fit in with the lineup pretty well.
1: The worry with the Warriors is despite Stephen Curry's perennial dominance. He doesn't have enough creation around him. Clay has struggled this season, and his... Deteriorating athleticism seems to be heavily affecting his ability to explode past defenders and separate effectively. Andrew Wiggins also has had an atrocious, inefficient start to the season, and has been unable to find a groove. CP3 is always good as a playmaker and adds a plus to their bench, but doesn't possess the scoring chops to effectively supplement Steph in that regard. The only bright spots have been, surprisingly, the role players, who may need to get more playing time. And Moses Moody, Eric Baden the second. And rookie Brandon Pudzinski. Agree. But this is what the Dubs deserve after they beat the Celtics
0: in the finals. In other news, your Heat have been on a seven-game winning streak. The Thunder have been impressive. And the Sixers have been better without James Harden. All right. Let's wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. Make sure to drop a follow on this podcast. Or else... Peace.